this week's guest. It's very serious. It's it is very serious. It is a newsman. I call him the king of news. Well, what else would he be? It's Nick Roman. He's the host of All Things Considered on 89.3 KPCC. And he's my coworker. Sometimes I fill in for him. So I'm <laughs> almost as cool as him. That is very cool. We are going to find out, does he ever get nervous? Will he ever not WFH? Work from home. Did he ever DJ? And what does that have to do with smoking pot? (laughs) (laughs) And he talks about the little voice in his head and what it told him to do. I'm so mysterious with this intro. It's all coming up. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. I'm your host, Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. And we've been scouring the earth for people living their dharma so we can share their stories with you. And hopefully we help you find your dharma. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Our next guest is Nick Roman. He is the KPCC's host of All Things Considered. I like to call him the king of news. Uh, He's been a fixture in Southern California radio news for more than 30 years. From 1984 to 2004, he was the voice of news at KLON and KKJZ in Long Beach. And as if you didn't do enough, uh, Nick has also worked for the past 25 years teaching broadcast journalism to students at Cal State Long Beach and Cal State Fullerton. Welcome to the program, Nick Roman. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I I won't necessarily accept the News King uh, <laughs> honor, but, uh, you know, it's been good. And all those numbers now are updated. It's actually now closer to 40 years in oh, public radio. Wow. Holy moly. And teaching for this year marks um, 30, my 30th year. Wow. That wow. is amazing. Th- that is yeah. amazing. <laughs> what haven't you done? <laughs> Gosh. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'll tell you what I haven't done. I haven't worked in commercial radio, and that was by choice. Wow. Oh, that's a little yeah. slap in the face, Nick Roman, <laughs> as I have I, I, done a lot of commercial radio. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I listened to you. I, I, you were one of my favorites on, on The Sound. Oh, oh man, you. that's great. And I remember the last day that you guys were on, and I and I remember hearing Julie, and I go, oh, "No, they're taking Julie. No, they can't." <laughs> uh, Julie and and Mimi Chen, those were the, you were my two favorites. Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, she's nice. a great woman. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to know. So obvious to me, at least, it's obvious that doing news is you living your dharma, living your passions. Uh, would you say that's true? Yeah. Uh, It pretty much is. Um, Some people are just sort of slotted for something that they've got to do, and I'm the right guy to do this. (laughs) Uh, And I I probably should have realized it when I was about 10 years old. My mom used to listen to the radio while I was eating breakfast, getting ready to go to school. And it would usually be, I'd usually hear like a newscast in the morning, and I thought it was the greatest thing, that you could hear people telling you what was going on in Hong Kong or in Moscow or in Cairo, you know, all over the world. And here I'm, I was a little kid sitting at my breakfast table and I knew what was going on around the world. I thought that that's the best. That is so great. And so because I listen to so much radio, like when I was in, in school, I was like, you know, the guy that always knew. I was, everybody came. You to knew everything. I actually did. That's so cool. You I know, love that. I, I had the, I had the answers. I knew everything. Wow. So then when the, did you first do news? You know, you said at 10, um, you're really interested in it. Well, we, uh, when I went to college, we had, I had been a, a high school, the editor of my high school paper. So I, I was already a pretty good and I knew this. I knew that whatever I did, it, was, it would be involved with writing because I was a good writer. My sister was going to UC Berkeley, and I went to UC Irvine, and she said, you know, we have a student radio station up here. Maybe you'd like that because you listen to the radio all the time. And it's true. I'd, I'd listen to news. I'd listen to rock and roll. That was the early days of FM rock and roll. I joined the radio station, the college station. I thought I'd be a DJ, and it would it looked like it took a long time you know to get in there you had to get this fm license and all of this and i didn't have a car and all 
But there was a girl who was in one of my classes, and every time I would see her in class, she was the news director at my little college station, KUCI. And I would say, hey, did did you hear about this? And I'd tell her some story I'd heard about. Then the next class, hey, did you hear about this? And then like the third time she said, why don't you stop telling me? I want you to tell everybody. And I thought, but it's really hard to join the station. She said, no, if you do news, you can be on the air tomorrow. And literally, I was on the air the next day. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. That is amazing. And I was I was pretty nervous the first day. That first newscast, I could, you know, it was a little shaky. Second day, I was not nervous at all. And that's been the case ever since. And wow. there, there was a, yeah, there was a message to me there. No There kidding. is something that oh. you can do. Yeah. I, I, it was just, uh, even now I put headphones on and I'm, and I'm fine. That's funny because I was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Well, first day that I hosted all things considered at KPCC, I hadn't been on the air for about 10 years because they hired me on as an editor. And so I was on occasionally just doing recorded stuff, but not, not necessarily live. First day I hosted all things considered, uh, and I sat down and I put the headphones on and it was the same thing. It was like, okay, this (laughs) is where I get it. I'm back. Yeah, I, yeah it really wow. was. I'm home. And now I actually am home. Oh, right. I'm, You're I'm, working I'm broadcasting home. in my own house now on, on the station. You know, this is now my home studio, which it's an office in my studio, but in my house. But it's sort of all this different gear cobbled together. These are the headphones that I bought. 25 years ago. They still so work? Come on. Oh my God, that's awesome. They absolutely. <laughs> I'm very good with my equipment. I have always been really good. You should see this place. The amp that I use to listen is an old Pioneer receiver like the one I had in high school. It's not the one I had in high school, but it is like it because I missed it. And I went back on a Craigslist and I bought one that oh was just gosh. like what I used to that have. Yeah, so it's, cool. the sound is perfect. Oh it's absolutely perfect. This is better than, I mean, I have great respect for my own station and its studios, but this is the best place I've ever worked. <laughs> I don't think I can go back. There, I was going to say, there's a big question that I've been thinking, and I'm sure everyone at KPCC, I know you live pretty far from the station in Pasadena. Yeah, I live in South Orange County. Now that you're working from home, will you return to the studios? Probably not. Yeah, really? Wow. Um, I will go back for membership drives as I'm needed, and I would go back for like big staff meetings or uh, like uh, Larry Mantle, who hosts their talk on KPCC, and A. Martinez, who hosts Take Two. We do this thing on Larry's show called Triple play, where we just talk baseball because we're all huge baseball fans. Yeah, I will go up for that. Um, but probably no, I don't think I would go back. It seems like for, you're living the dream then. Yeah, you're no, from home doing news. <laughs> well, COVID you know, worked out for you. I, I, I don't. I, you know, I. Uh, Yes, actually. And I, and I, you know, you feel a little guilty about that because it's been so hard for so many other people, but it, I have endured this, you know, really, really well. And I understand, listen, I understand how absolutely fortunate I am. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not smart mouth about it. I'm, I'm lucky. I'm, I'm vaccinated too. So, you know, it helps to be the oldest guy at the station. (laughs) Age comes in finally to be right. an awesome thing during the pandemic. But yeah, we've had a lot of people on, and I suppose too, it's it's really for some looking at the positives of what COVID has done in a you know, I mean, it's kind of the way of life. Try to find the positives in a pretty terrible situation. But it is interesting yeah. how it's opened up. I mean, I think you know, even in my radio days. If I went to a station and said, hey, you know, I'm going to do this show remote, they would just be like, no way, you're not doing that, you know? No. Yeah. Well, and I did. I actually tried for about 10 years. I had been putting (laughs) into, you know, like annual reviews, you know, we could do it this way and was always turned down until we absolutely had to do it this way. And, you know, Julie, I don't know if you were at that big staff meeting that that day on March. It was March 11th, 2020. They called us, you know, it was the biggest staff meeting. Yeah, Yeah, it was the biggest. If you had been in the room, you'd been, I mean, people were hanging out of the rafters. There was so many folks in there and they said, you know, we're going to have to go remote. And it was serious. The mood in that on that day in that room was really serious. It was dead quiet, which is not what you usually have. And, And a lot of times, you know, you see people, you know, looking at their computers or looking at their phones. That was not going on at all. It was everyone was sort of like, oh, man, what are we heading into? And so 
Sal Lucreto, who's our program director, said, and we're going to start sending the hosts home, and Nick's going to be the first one. We had talked about that before, and I think Sal was comfortable having me do it because, one, he knew I I was kind of up for it and that I could probably pull it off. And I felt a lot of pressure because I thought, if I screw this up, it's not going to work for anybody else. So I have to be really good at this. So I came down here, and then um, uh, I was driving. It was two days later. Well, that night, uh, March 11th night, of course, was – NBA gets canceled. Tom Hanks gets oh, sick. Right. You know, that was that one yeah. day. And and I had taught my class at Cal State Long Beach earlier in the middle of class. They sent us an email that said, we're all going remote next week. And the kids were looking at me going, what does this mean? And I go, I have no idea what this means. So two days later, it was going to be my last day at the station. I drove from my house. It was raining that day. I drove all the way up and I was two blocks away from the station. I got a phone call and they said, we think there's an exposure in the building, Nick. You have to turn around and go home. Oh my gosh. We can't afford to have you get sick. Oh my gosh. And then they're like, Julie, get in here. (laughs) I sometimes fill in for the hosts. I tell you, no, here's what happened. They wouldn't even let, let you in. What they did is John Raby who handles a lot of our production, used to be an on-air host. In fact, used to host All Things Considered at KPCC just before I got there. They had John go in to do it. I got home and they said, Nick, write all the newscasts and email them to John, which is what I did. Uh, And we did that for three days. And then by that time, we had already, we had sort of road tested all the gear that was in my house. Um, One of our engineers, Rick Esparza, came down. He's the only one that I've seen. He's come down to my house a couple of times. We put in all the gear. And then over the next couple of months, I tweaked it. I bought some extra gear. I bought like a little pop filter here and a, and a swing arm and new cables. And I, you know, reconfigured everything. So we got it to sound perfect. And, and then after about two weeks of me saying from the South Orange County studio, Sal sent me a note and said, you know, you don't have to say that anymore because nobody can tell. So it's like, okay, then that's just it. Yeah, it's pretty wild how you really can't tell. That's so great with technology to be able to do all that. But NPR has been doing had been doing that kind of thing literally for for geez, a decade and a half. They would have correspondence set up at home. They just hadn't scattered everyone like this. And already morning edition and all things considered, there's a host in in Washington and there's a host in LA. So it's um you know, the concept was there. And and Julie, you know this, even when you're in the studio, you're not really next to the board op, right? Yeah, you're that alone guy, in the room. Is, he's 15 <laughs> feet away from you, separated by a giant plexiglass wall. So what's the difference between, you know, 15 feet and 65 miles? <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty insane. much the same, right? No, so, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. Do you ever and see even, anybody? Like, do you have a camera on? Do you see Tui, your uh, producer or? engineer? No, we thought about that early on. And then we got so good at sound cues that it just didn't make any difference anymore. Um, But they do have a, we had to hot rod a better intercom system between me and Pasadena. So Tui can can punch into my ear at any time and talk to me. And so can um, Megan Wynn, who's our producer. So that's easily done. And then once we figured out, the board ops had to figure out how to switch from Nick you know, Nick's in this studio. Now we have to move him to that studio, or now we have to go to Suzanne Watley, or now we have to go, you know, somebody is in downtown LA and move people around. But now the board ops sort of, you know, it's like playing piano. They know how to play all the keys and all the buttons. And um, you hardly ever hear, I mean, we pitch membership drives now, same way. Yeah. Last night, Carla Javier, I don't even know where Carla was, but I know she wasn't in the studio and I was down here and, and we did, you know, we did the whole pitch thing and it works. That's so cool. Do you think, um, <laughs> it is amazing. I know Austin Cross, who's in the midday spot, he's live at the station. Will Suzanne come yeah. back? Do you know that? Um, in mornings? I don't think so because morning is hard, you know, you have I know, to get I up and to drive somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and so I think, I don't think she will. And her setup is similar to mine. So it's pretty good. She is actually, you know, she lives very close to the radio station, but just, you know, the opportunity to the, the, the time saved is, is huge. Now the flip side of it is um, my workplace is in my house all the time. Yeah, that so could be rough. So the temptation yeah, is right. to work long. Oh. 
and and I probably do. You do you know, seem like a workhorse. Yeah, and that was really true <laughs> early on in my career. And I and Mary is always my wife. Mary is always worried about me doing a little too much of that now. Yeah, because I do. You know that. Yeah, that's, yeah man. Just, how to relax. <laughs> well, I'm not far from the beach, so go. that's good. I mean, you know. <laughs> I went down there today, but I'll probably be down there. I know I'll be down there over the weekend. Yeah, so. nice. So who did you look up to when you were growing up? It actually surprises me, by the way, that you didn't get into radio even sooner. Like you, Not until college. That's shocking to me that you wouldn't have nosed um, your way in. Well, yeah. I think mostly because it sort of looked like a, you know, like a fun, hip kind of thing. Uh, and I didn't think see myself as that kind of guy. <laughs> you know, I was a little more serious, which so no what? spin in Zeppelin <laughs> for you. <laughs> um, oh yeah, sure, I did that. Um, did you DJ for a little because, bit? Oh, did I DJ? Yeah, yeah. My God, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's super fun. <laughs> and I was good. Cool. In fact, I, I I lived in the dorms at at UC Irvine uh, my junior year, and there were a couple of guys in the in the in the dorm where I, uh, one guy named Dean Dino and another guy named Ronnie. And they were like dope smokers from day one. And Ronnie was this, uh, you know, short little, uh, short guys, Chinese dude with long, long, uh, black hair. And he's like, Hey man, how you doing? And I don't think I ever saw him where he wasn't loaded. I mean, ever. <laughs> so there was a big dorm party this one night. And I went back to my room to get something. I forget what it was. And and Ronnie and Dino are back there, you know, like they're superchargers, right? So they're just smoking away. And Ronnie says to me, here, Nick, have some. And I go, no, dude, I'm, I, that's not what I do. And he goes, you don't smoke dope? And I go, no, no, I don't. And he said, dude, I've listened to your radio show. You smoke dope. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought... Well, I guess I don't have to because I'm sort of already have that sound. It's I have achieved whatever yeah, right. you're looking for on my own. That's hilarious. It was a great compliment. Sure, it yeah, really naturally was. laid back um, and no, chill I, and whatnot. I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's funny because all the thing. I mean, the news part was held on my interest because it was just interesting and it was always changing. I did play-by-play -play baseball, and I was pretty good at that too. But you know, I always thought if I did this full time as a as a living, I would come to hate the sport that I loved. Oh. That was my fun time, and I didn't want that. But news was always just like it was a constant puzzle. There were there were answers that you were always sort of looking for. There were problems that that people you know, should know about. And, and I had the capacity and I felt I had the skills to, to tell, uh, talk about that. So as much as I enjoyed being a DJ, I mean, after a while, I had pretty much played all the songs I wanted to play. Although I should say that I have, you know, Apple music and I'm putting playlists on my phone all the time. <laughs> and it's the same kind of DJ playlists, you know, that I used nice. to do in the old days. Oh, that's fun. But I liked it. You know, I did like it a lot, but news was really what, but I didn't know how to break into the business. And so the way that I ended eventually, I was working in restaurants, so I was doing all right, and, but I missed it and I wanted to be on the radio again. And I went to the local public radio station and they, they said, well, you have to take the radio class. So it's like, okay. So I signed up for a community college class after I'd graduated, right, from UC Irvine, after I'd had, what is that, the Malcolm Gladwell 10,000 hours on in college radio. And I did my first story and the uh, instructor called me in and he said, you have done this before, haven't you? And I said, yep. And he said, why are you in this class? And I said, because I wanted freelance for your station. And they said, this is how I got to do it. And he goes, no, you don't. You just, just volunteer. So I did. And about a year later, year and a half later, I got hired. That's so cool. That's awesome. And started hosting All Things Considered wow. for them and uh, and liked it. That's great. So did you look up to any news anchors? What about television news anchors like Tom Brokaw? Um, yeah, I would say, well, it the list is sort of different because uh, there was kind of like a sound that I was looking for. So, you know, obviously, as a big baseball fan, I looked up to the way that Vin Scully talked on the air because I liked 
I like that. I thought there was something to that. So you're the Vin Scully and, of the news. Yeah. Well, and I <laughs> I know I sound different when I do it, and that's by right. that's by design. I didn't I didn't have that radio voice that everybody else had. And then actually one of the other guys that I, at least broadcasters was somebody that I worked with for many years, uh, Chuck Niles, who was the, the great jazz DJ in Los Angeles for many, many years. And Chuck, when KKG, uh, KKGO switched formats in like 1990 and dropped this legendary jazz format that they'd wow. had for decades, Chuck came down to, to KLON. We were playing, you know, we were a jazz station. And so I would do the news and Chuck, and I would see Chuck, you know, work with him um, because I was doing newscast during his show and I would watch the way he talked to his audience. And I said, that's, that's what I got to do. Very, he was always talking to just one person and just talking to you. Right. And um, Vin Scully was, is also like that. And I knew that there was a sound that I had when I was on air because people routinely said, you sound so friendly. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, that's what I am. I guess that's what I'll do. And I tried to maintain that. But then the other people that there were other people who, who were a big influence that that woman, the girl that I knew in college who got me into my college station, Mary Lyon, later worked at K Earth when back in the days when they had news. And she had a way of weaving all of her news stories together so that your first story led to your second, led to your third, led to the fourth. So there was a thread throughout them. If you look at the way people, a lot of newscasters do stories, uh, newscasting, they'll have it on paper and they'll read one page and then that page goes and then the second page is there. So the stories are not necessarily linked. And I began to write my newscasts on my computer and have transition lines and have, they were almost thematic. And then I got pretty good at giving you background to a story in a line or two to indicate that that story did not exist in this moment in time only. It, it had existed earlier. It was, there was a process there. And then you had to learn how to kind of write to that. And I'm, I'm an easy, I've always said I'm an easy writer. You know, I can write a line and you say, well, that's not, I don't want that line. I'll write another one. You need another one? I'll write another one. I can do it. So I would just do a lot of that kind of thing. Because I was on air doing newscasts constantly, you just get a ton of practice and you get better at it a lot faster. I sort of felt like I had achieved that and I just maintained Which that. Which you have, yeah. yeah. I feel like you've really made... No News kidding. An art, an art form. You're an I, artist. That's great honor, and I appreciate it. It is absolutely what I'm trying to do. Absolutely what I'm trying to do. But I also had a lot of experiences where I paid attention. Um, I was on air at KLON during the LA riots in '92, and what we did at that time was I knew that our audience was we had our our audience at, at you know as a jazz station was concentrated in Long Beach and in South Los Angeles and in the areas where the riots were going on. So my audience was experiencing this differently than, say, if you were in, you know, Orange County or if you were in, you know, Beverly Hills. My audience was different than that. So when we would do these newscasts, we we just threw the we threw the schedule out completely. And I would go on at the top of the hour. We had somebody, we had, somebody had started early in the morning. We continued it, you know, and we would go until we ran out of stories. And then we would play jazz for the rest of the hour. And then somebody would come back and say, here's what's happening. And we did that for four or five days. So I had the, I had the afternoon and the evening shift. So I like, I would go on at about three in the afternoon. I'd stay until about 10 o'clock at night. I always ended those by saying, we're keeping an eye on what's going on. We're going to play some jazz. If anything happens, I'll come back and, and I'll tell you what's happening. And so I just said that and kind of started to develop this thing where, you know, the audience would sort of trust yeah. you and rely on you. And I knew that it was something that I could do. So I just kept doing it. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> I was going to say, and that's that how that easy it was, everybody. I kept doing it. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I think it is that easy. You know, our podcast is about people living their passions. And I know sometimes people are stopped in their tracks from really doing it, but then other people, it was yeah. just such a simple thing that you just yeah. know in your heart that you need to do. 
Well, and this also goes back to say my my father. My father had wanted to be a um, uh, a lawyer, and didn't pass the bar when he was younger, and went into insurance and was, you know, sort of building himself back to the time when he would have some more free time and his family would be well off enough that he could go back. And and so he was studying for the bar again and ended up with colon cancer and died. And so he never got to live his dream. And so in the back of my head was always this little voice that said, you have a chance now, Nick, to do what you like to do. So go do it. And dis- and And that's what I would tell my students. You know, like if you walk away from radio and if you say, I'm not good enough to do this. I'm going to go do something else. That's actually kind of a smart decision. It's a grown-up decision. But if you believe that you can do it and you think you have the skills and you just don't have, you know, um, and you quit because you didn't try hard yeah. enough, that's a that's not good. So I was just, I thought, I'm going to take one shot and I'm going to do this. And I'm not going to leave Southern California. I know this is so arrogant. I'm not going to leave Southern California. I'm going to do it this way. This is how I am going to do it. And wow. I actually did that. So I'm yeah, I'm a fortunate good, guy. What do you tell your students as far as how different radio is now from when you began? Well, it's a podcast class that I'm teaching now. So that oh, wow. that's that's one yeah. of the big differences right there because you know, I tell them, you know, in the old days, you had to kind of create, you had to, you know, go to an established place like I did, you know, go to a station and hope that they might take you on to do something, you know, uh, let you be on the air, you know, at three in the morning or something like that. Now you can pretty much create your own podcast. And we had on uh, in class yesterday, Sandin Totten, who uh, was our science reporter at KPCC for some years. And Sandin had sort of been tinkering around with this idea of a kid's science podcast that he called Brains On, he and a couple of friends. And for 10 years, they were tinkering around with it and then finally got APM, which is American Public Media, the group that oversees us too at KPCC, to pick it up. And now it is enormously successful. They have, you know, offshoot podcasts that they've done. It's the most creative thing. It's it's Sandin is just so much fun and a and a really creative guy, but he stuck with what he wanted to do, and he and podcasting gave him that opportunity. You know, digital tools gave him that opportunity in the same way that we are able to talk right now. And, and you know, you'd have to have collected us all in a studio ten fifteen sure. years ago. You don't have to do that now. Yeah. So um, so the the cost is down. The obstacles are down. The problem is, as you know, there are like what, like 400 million yeah, podcasts yeah, out there. Yeah. And in the old days, there were only a handful of radio stations. So it's it's harder to yeah. make an impact or to make money. Right. Either way. Yeah. You know. Well, you gotta. That's why you know you just gotta do what you feel passionate about and yeah, see it through, it just, just like you've done, it. and now you've created yeah. this <laughs> empire for yourself, which is so cool, and you're so. No, I mean, really, though, it kind of is a little bit like in a non-arrogant way, in a genuine way. It is. It's it's well, I've I've I have secured a place in a world that I have an inordinate amount of control (laughs) for what happens to me, which was but it's you know, it's I have not taken a ton of risks. You know, I mean, um, I've done those things that I knew that I could do. Um, There were times. Well. I'll take, let me take the risk part back. There were several times in my career where I was offered something that I wasn't sure that I could do. And I said, yes. The first one was, I was, this is literally true. I was walking by a phone at KLON, my old station, and the phone rang and I picked it up and they said, hi, it's NPR in Washington. We're looking for somebody who can cover the Lakers in the NBA finals. Do you have anybody who can do that? And I said, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah, right. Here, let me get him. Okay, I'm back. Um. Yeah, it's it's me. I'm the guy who can do that. And um, and I did. I covered the Lakers, and that that was in 1988. And I ended up that first year, the Lakers were in the NBA finals. NPR needed me to do those stories. The Kings traded for Wayne Gretzky. NPR needed me to do that story. USC and UCLA in football were number one for a couple of weeks. They needed that story. And the Dodgers were in the World that Series. Is, wow. So they needed that story. So I made 
Yeah, and I was making, you know, public radio nickels and dimes back then. So the money was helpful because my wife and I were trying to, you know, build up a little bit of cash to buy a house. And so that helped. And it's a real big boost to you, to your confidence when the national network calls and says, we like you, what you're doing. And then that began, I, I then freelanced off and on for 15, 16 years until I came to KLO, uh, K, KPCC. And then I just didn't have the time anymore because the station was much bigger and, and needed stuff. But um, I was prepared to go back to that. And my wife said, no, <laughs> that's not, <laughs> you are not a field reporter anymore. You aren't, that is not what you do. So I did not go back to that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, I, I can only imagine the stories. Unbelievable. What a time to have done that, though. It's incredible. Oh, my God. Yeah. But I learned something else about it, which was those big stories, because I did, you know, the end, I did, I, you know, NBA finals. I did two years of that. Dodgers in the World Series and later in the playoffs. I also got a chance to cover the Super Bowl. But those were not my favorite stories. The favorite stories were the story that I did about the wow. girls who were the synchronized swimmers, were the guys who were doing, who had built a sumo wow. ring in their backyard, you know, <laughs> or the stories right. about the surfers, all, all of the, because those were people who were doing things, not because they were being paid, but because they loved it. And so they were better storytellers and the stories were more interesting. Um, I went all the way up to Lancaster one time to, to interview guys who were doing motor scooter racing. That's amazing. It was hilarious. Um, and that was great fun. And so all of those stories, you know, I could write them better. I was sort of, and I thought, okay, yeah, you're, you're not a professional sportscaster guy. You're a, you're a storyteller. This is what you do. And, um, I'm more proud of those stories than anything else. I enjoyed oh, yeah. the experiences of all the other stuff, but it was the fun oh, stuff that was much, much so better. Interesting. Yeah, we need to get into sports. So would you say baseball, the Dodgers are your favorite or? <laughs> well, by far. Yeah. Were you at, of course, you couldn't attend the 2020 World Series. Were you at the yeah. one before that? In 88? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, you were. I had I a feeling. I was there on the night, Kurt. When Kirk when Kirk Gibson hit his oh famous home run, I was there and I didn't God. see it. Where were you? Yeah, getting a hot dog. Um, <laughs> no, if you're if you have an assignment to cover one of those things and it's a radio assignment and you absolutely have to get post game audio, you better get downstairs into the uh, the media room and make sure that you've got a spot in that mult box, you know, connecting your recorder, or you're not going to get any audio. Well, the Dodgers were losing, and it was like the eighth inning, and they had they had uh, built temporary press box up on the top deck of the ballpark, and I knew that to get from the top deck down to the to um, the lower deck and then walk all the way out to the bullpen and then go down another flight of stairs and then go underneath the stadium back to where the media room was, was going to be really hard. So I took off in the eighth inning to do that. And I got down there. So I'm walking down under the ballpark, right? And it's dark tunnel and there's nobody around, but I know now I've got a spot and I'm walking down this dark hallway. And I know that the Dodger clubhouse and dugout are just a little further from where I'm walking. And I can hear that I knew they had a batting cage underneath there. And I can hear somebody hitting a ball off a tee, you know, whack, whack, whack. And I go, I wonder who that is. I found out later it was Kirk Gibson was warm enough to do pinch hitting. I, I, I wish I had walked another 25 feet and peeked around the corner. I didn't do that. Because I was so, you know, I'm a dedicated guy. I went into the media room and it was, there were two other guys in there. One I know uh, was Bob Brill, who used to work at KNX. And then there was a guy from UPI Radio who was there and I connected in. And so we were underneath in this media room waiting for the end of the game. And then everybody comes in and they do the post-game interviews. And they have a television down there that's, you know, got like rabbit ears and tinfoil on it and... The picture's all scratchy, and you can barely see it. If you walk back halfway and kind of squint, you can kind of tell what's going on. And then, um, but they're piping in Don Drysdale's radio call from the Dodgers, and Gibson comes up. And I look at, I forget who I looked at, and I go, what, they're sending Gibson up, really? So, you know, this thing goes on, 
and then he hits the ball. He hit the ball goes out. We're underneath like a million tons of concrete, and oh, the entire my. ballpark starts shaking like you wouldn't believe. The three of us are down there, and we're looking at each other, <laughs> thinking, "Oh my God, the stadium's <laughs> going to collapse, and we're going to be buried under rubble." And miss our that, deadlines. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? a, that's. You're not worried about dying. You're mi- yeah. worried about missing that and deadline. I'm not going to get paid for this job. So uh, <laughs> he hits the he hits the home run. And Drysdale's call. Everyone talks about Vince Scully's call. Drysdale's radio call is classic. It's just great. You can somebody's got it on YouTube. Anyway, like it seemed to me like a couple minutes after the ball goes out, they they haul in Tommy Lasorda for the interviews and Lasorda sits down and his, his hair is like swirled all up on top of his head. His eyes, it looked like they were sort of like spinning. Like he can't even believe what the heck happened. <laughs> it was great. So that's, that was, that's my story. Yeah. I did not see wow. it, but I did experience that it. That is oh, amazing. Wow. That's quite an experience. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. So do you think that you will always do news Till your till your dying day, no retiring. You're going to do news. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, there are a couple of goals that I've got. You know, uh, I want to have. I want to spend at least twenty years at at KPCC because then that would beat my old station, and I don't want to remember <laughs> my old station. I want to remember this place. Yeah. So that's one. How but long I'm, have you been I'm, at KPCC? Oh, you're going to seventeen. So I'm getting close. Assuming my health sure. holds out and, you yeah. know, if I can broadcast from home, I'm pretty sure it should. So that's one. The other is I do want to be the host of All Things Considered and KPCC for at least 10 years, um, which will also come up and that'll come up in a couple of years uh, since I've been, I've started in May of 2013. And that would be longer wow. than anyone's ever hosted. Oh, yeah. So that's good. I want that. And then I would like to make it all the way, at least all the way out to the Olympics in 2028 because of my first station at KSBR in, in Mission Viejo, I had Olympic press passes to cover a couple of events, and uh, we all got oh laid off God. a month before the Olympics. <laughs> wow. That's so I didn't get to do that in 84. And uh, so I'd like to be around in, in 2028. But it all depends. You know, it depends on my health. It depends on, uh, which is pretty good. So I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. And uh, and if I stay interested, which I seem to be. and it's Also probably uh, what your wife says. <laughs> no, she's, well, no, she knows. She, we met, we met, she, uh, she got a job at, uh, at oh, my wow. first station. And that's how we met. And, um. Yeah, and I saw her, and I just thought, this girl's way above my pay grade. <laughs> she's, she's way higher than I deserve. But then she left because uh, she, you know, the station treated her poorly, and she didn't like it. But um, she understood what I was doing and has always been supportive of everything that I've done, and, and it's been a good, you know, a good kind of um guide and yeah that critic. really is so that's very sweet yeah how long have you guys been married my, uh let's see what is this this is 80 this is 2021 so it is 30 it'll be 36 years in a couple of months that's beautiful all right it's time to uh do our segment called it's five o'clock somewhere where we ask you yeah. five quick questions are you <laughs> okay. ready to play the game nick roman i am yes i am <laughs> Um, okay. Well, no, but, you know, I'm going to play the game. <laughs> yeah, sure, I can do that. Question one, you're so, you're so like, relaxed and calm. Have you, do you ever get angry? Um, and when did you? It's yes. probably in a journal somewhere. There was one time I got angry. No, there was a time, actually, at the station. It was, it was a while ago um, where I was on air and... We there was a news conference that was happening, and the producer at the time decided to drop out of the. And I said, "We shouldn't do that. You're making a mistake." And you no, know, he decided to do it, and it was a gigantic mistake. And I told him five times, and you know, it's sort of like I didn't, I didn't want, I didn't play this card, but I, I wish I had. Like, dude, I've been doing this for a really long time. 
And I know that if we leave this news conference, we are making a huge mistake. But we left and we got complaints galore. The um, folks who were in charge at the time ended up having to write apology emails to tons of listeners. And I was so angry. And um, <laughs> I cannot picture that. No. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Not I don't want Nick Roman to be angry with me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like hard. Hulk. I don't, and I didn't, I don't feel, I did not feel good at all doing it. Yeah. Um, but I was so mad because I felt that they had, because I was the voice on the air. And so the audience naturally assumes that all blame goes to me. Yeah. Which, and I had been arguing against it and I lost that, that argument for the dumbest reasons. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. Name one guilty pleasure. Diet Coke. Oh. Yeah, I drink way too much of it. <laughs> That's funny. That's a uh, good one. Question yeah. number three. If you could interview one person who is no longer alive, who is it and why? Dwight Eisenhower. Wow. I and love why? your yeah. response. I mean, that is, you're on top yeah. of this. <laughs> and that's a good answer. No, and I, and, um, I, I sort of am a fan of kind of military history, but not because I'm necessarily a fan of war, which I'm not. But I'm a fan. I'm I'm curious as to how decisions are made, and how people uh, do things. And Eisenhower is the only person in in U.S. history who led, a, well, save for say George Washington, but it's different for Eisenhower, who led this enormous military campaign in the Second World War with people who were arrogant and stupid and proud and bossy and he had to wrangle these guys together to do what he needed to have done and not embarrass any of them and still get this plan through and take a you know a ration of crap like you wouldn't believe and still succeed at it and he did it's amazing it's it's the, the, like the most amazing management job in world history. And I'm just curious as to how the heck this guy did it because he was not, you know, he was not top of his class in at West Point. And he wasn't even, he was sort of not even, you know, viewed in a certain kind of way in early days in the military. And yet um, he was the one who was chosen. Well, George Marshall was the one that chose him to put him in the, that position. But he had confidence of him, and he had confidence of um, Franklin Roosevelt, who are also two other people I wouldn't mind interviewing, <laughs> because of the, the uh, their ability to look at something, look at at a picture, and see the giant picture, not just in terms of how big it was, but but what it would mean decades in advance. Wow, wow that's great. Yeah. It's just just one. I it's mean, a there's passion. a lot of people that I I wouldn't mind talking to. Yeah, that is. Our question number four. All right, you lived in SoCal your whole life. Um, yeah. What's one type of food or hidden gem that you'd recommend to an out-of-towner that they would just, it would be a must-have, must-try? Uh, the uh, uh, beef dip sandwiches at Felipe's in downtown near the near Union Station. Ooh. I, I actually that. do know about those, and I don't know that I've yeah. had one, but I do know <laughs> about it. They're, they're great. Um, I when I got out of high school, I worked for two summers as a, at the um, Metropolitan Water District in downtown LA, and so I lived in Monrovia. I'd drive into downtown LA. I'm a teenager doing this, and my dad had used to take us to Felipe's, and so I would go there. And then after Dodger games, and of all the things that have happened in the pandemic, that's the one that I wish I I would swing by there every now and then just to be there and get. A sandwich, a glass of iced tea. Um, they have a potato salad on the side and a, a slab of uh, apple pie. That's what I always bought. And they have this really hot mustard that's really good. So yeah, that it's that. <laughs> and then you know, pretty much any any taco truck that you can find because that's <laughs> what we are. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, All right. Question number five. What's one thing you hope someone learns from you by the way you've lived your life? Um, I hope my, it's mostly about my daughters, and I hope that they always stand up for themselves, that they that they have confidence in their skills, and that they always stand up for themselves. Don't, I mean, 
and and they have done that so i'm very proud of them for 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 that um both of them have just my daughter gracie is a softball player and a and a pretty good one and but made a decision that she you know tried real hard to 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 you know get recruited as a college player but did not but then has now since built this uh this little career world as um as a personal trainer and she's really good at it and then my daughter mary claire who uh you know just all of a sudden realized that she was like photography and now she is an extraordinary wedding photographer she's just outstanding so they have and and in that way they have followed what they knew they liked to do which is what i felt my father did not do i felt that i did do and that they have done so that's great you know it's like assess yourself honestly and then do the things that you like to do because in the long run that'll just make you a happier better person yeah absolutely it's not necessarily about money but you do have to make some to pay the bills sure yeah i like it well thank you for your passion nick roman i really loved hearing you all didn't about want to know it. about my favorite rock group or my bet me a favorite movie or anything like that <laughs> I mean, I do want to know. It's funny. Well, we only have five questions as part of the segment, but you did mention uh, DJing and all that. Who is? I want to know your favorite rock group. Well, it, back then, it was. I, I would always make sure that I played something from the Rolling Stones. Oh, favorite nice. Rolling Stones yeah. song. Uh, yeah. Can't you hear me knocking? That's awesome. That is because well, it, the way that it starts, um, I had. It's sort of silly. It has a guitar, but then there's a pause, and I would say, so I would I would sort of walk into it and go, uh, all right, so got more music for you, and let's start with this, and then you da 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 the Stones, da 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 da, you'd go like that. So that was just because it was clear. Yeah, yeah. But there were a lot of things I liked about the Stones, but I'll tell you that. I've only gone to one Stones concert, and that was way, way, way back in the 80s, 81. That was the one where somebody, where Prince was one of the opening acts, and they threw a shoe at him. Oh, my, boot him off oh the my gosh. That is, yeah, uh... that was crazy. And then three years later, he come, I go to another concert, a Prince concert in Long Beach. Three years later, it's like the biggest tour in America that year. Wow. That was a tremendous show, and I thought I was going to lose my hearing. I thought oh, I wow. ruined my career. But... um and then, but I do have a soft spot in my heart for Bruce Springsteen because Mary and I, that was the first concert we went to and she was really pretty then. <laughs> so you're going to make me cry. It's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> that is sweet. I love that. And of course you have to tell us now that you mentioned it, your favorite movie. Oh, Casablanca. I've probably seen it 200 times. <laughs> Too Holy easy. Easy? <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. But you know what? The thing is, is that and this kind of actually goes back to newscast because it is so well constructed. Wow. There, you know, each each scene leads to the next, needs to there's nothing wasted in that movie. Um, and everybody plays their role as they're supposed to play it, and um it just it's great. So, you know, I, I think about that a lot about how you can construct things sort of, you know, perfectly from front to to, to back. So, like, if you were ever to follow us on the Slack channel at at KPCC, you know, when uh, when it would be um, Megan Wynn and I would be trading notes back and forth, and I do this five minute newscast in front of the daily at three thirty because that the clock requires a five minute newscast. We're going to fill it out, and I would work really hard to make that one good because it's the first one, and I want to. I've always felt that if I started well. I would continue well, but if I screwed up at the beginning, it was going to be a bad day all the way through. So I would do these newscasts at three thirty, and would that you know would really work hard on the writing and sort of to make them come lyrical and and you know fit together. And when it's done, and then I would look at the clock and I'd hit it at double zero, like I would I would hit the thing exact to time, and I would um, and I, so I would type on Slack. I'd say. That was good. That was good. 
little nod. Those are those are great moments. Yeah. Have you done any writing outside of news, like writing a book or a screenplay? No. Well, I've written notes for my students. I've I've all and I I wrote a little bit for for KPCC on the website, but my writing is so tuned now to broadcast writing. I don't know if I could actually write for you know follow the kind of guidelines. It's a very my style is really personal to me. Yeah, you make it and your I'm own. Not sure I mean, that's I'm good. Own. That's yeah. that's unique. Yeah, but it does. I don't know if it translates to anything else. Yeah, um, but maybe someday. I've thought about. There's a guy named Eric Nuzum who wrote a book. It's actually here. It's this book here. It's called Make Noise, and it's about podcasts. And Eric used to work for NPR, and he has somehow achieved taking his radio voice and and writing to his radio voice. And I'm very impressed by that. And I'd like to know how to do that. And maybe I will do that someday. Or maybe it's better that I stay in the ballpark that I know, where I play well. Yeah, I don't don't think there's a wrong answer. Because yeah, right. so far, statistically, you've done pretty good, and you've you know you've made it your own thing all these years. You're doing so, all right, yeah. Kid. <laughs> yeah I yeah. think you could probably well, branch that. off and try it, and you would probably be great at it as well. Yeah, I might try. Well, the teaching the podcast, you know, I don't um, the the podcast class has got me thinking about a podcast, oh, but I don't know. Nice. What do. Well, the station KPCC is gonna. Uh, we're we there's a thing called the LA report that we do right now, and we're sort of gonna maybe flash it up a little bit. So that may be the place that I go because it fits better with what I do, as opposed to an interview podcast like this is, um, or uh, you know something else. Uh, I I couldn't do true crime. You know I'm not. It's not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan of it, but yeah, I couldn't do it either. <laughs> The people that do it, you know, I mean, um, I'm always impressed. The people that can do that kind yeah, of thing. I'm, they do it you know, well. Very impressed yeah. by them. But that's not like, you know, war correspondent, foreign correspondent. God love them. They are. They go into dangerous places and do tremendous things. But I can't do that. Yeah, yeah it takes a special kind of person. They do yeah, that. it really does. Because then a little kid who's sitting at a table and eating breakfast and in the early 60s, you know, listens to it and goes, dang, that's good. <laughs> I like that. I love it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you, Nick Roman, for taking the time to speak with us. Um, you can find Nick on 89.3 KPCC in Afternoons, hosting All Things Considered. And also uh, your Instagram, Roman on the Radio. And Yeah, I'm very proud of that name, too. <laughs> So thanks so much for being on, because I have to. And thank you for pursuing all the things you do and being so passionate. Yes. Oh, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. I appreciate yes, it. Thank you. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk after about pod. the guest. Oh, please go ahead. Welcome after to the Afterpod. Afterpod. After Just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> where we talk about the guest after they leave. So that was Nick Roman. Have you ever met him before? He is my I have, coworker. I think I mentioned that early on. I work at KPCC as well as a fill-in news anchor. Yeah, he is a cool guy. I've not met him, and I don't know uh, if I ever will physically, but maybe one day. <laughs> I know. Now that he's never leaving Orange <laughs> County, <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, you won't meet him in person. Yeah, staying at home for life. I mean, he's got a nice setup. It sounds good. Um, yeah. Like he said, the producers are able to work with him. What an interesting life that guy has lived. Unbelievable. I know. And, and he's just, he's always, I don't know, he's just, he's been rocking it in so many different fields and area and just has always made it happen. And he's always been good at it. And has had that It's interesting confidence. how, you know, some people just fall into something that works. Right. And other people, I guess that could be a sign if you're struggling and struggling and struggling to make something happen. But I don't know. Sometimes that works, too, I guess. Maybe not struggle, but you just keep working at something. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, going through it can be a struggle, but maybe that end result will explode into the greatest thing ever, you know? I don't know. It's so unique. It's so funny, though. As easygoing as Nick is, I also don't want to annoy him 
or piss him off at all because I feel like he's like you know in the beginning I was gonna play music during that one segment right he was just like can't you do that afterwards I'm like yes yes sir I will put that in after <laughs> you could do that after I won't you? yes you we're so it. sorry we're moving forward <laughs> <laughs> no, but right, he is the nicest guy ever, and like so kind and soft and whatever. But I, <laughs> I, totally I wouldn't want to be on the other end of that sure. one guy that got annoyed. You know, the producer that pissed him off. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so good. He also had a look. He all, and he, maybe he's gotten this before, but he kind of reminds me of um, what's his name, the coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> oh, you mean? I don't know who that is. <laughs> Yes. Google him. I mean, he. It, I should know his name, but I'm not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Do you think he does person. that on the side? Like when he's done with the news, he goes and coaches the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> well, now I gotta look up a uh, picture. Yeah. What's his name? Uh, Kansas City I don't know why. Chiefs coach. I don't know why it's not even. Oh, there it is. Andy uh, Reid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know that he kind of has like a look like that with this. this oh, the mustache. Only yeah. he has more hair. But oh, with the glasses I have seen that the, guy because they yeah. were just in the Super Bowl. Weren't yeah, they? that guy's like, I oh. mean, he's classic. You know, <laughs> if you look at some of the that's pictures, funny. They could be brothers. They yeah. could be brothers. That's all I'm saying. There's some yeah, relation. That's very there. funny. <laughs> they got a similar face. They have, you know, obviously they don't have a similar attitude. Tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nick's. Uh, that's interesting, though. I also side. like what he said about sports. Like, he loves sports so much, he didn't necessarily want to do that for a living, so he didn't want to ruin his, like, it favorite pastime. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, when you enjoy something so much... So maybe I should have never been a radio DJ. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilariously sad. No. Um, I yeah. mean, I don't know. I guess that could be similar, right? To some degree, in some weird way, although... Well, I've always debated about the wine world. I love wine so much that I right. wonder if working in the wine world could possibly change that. Sure. Like, how much involvement do you really want in it? And that's where he was. Yeah, when it's a you know? when it's a hobby passion. Yeah. But, right, he loves sports so much. But meanwhile, in, in 88, he literally was a part of almost every American sport... You know, give or take a couple. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Uh, going back unreal. to Nick, like not wanting to piss him off. Yeah. We, we ask our five questions. He's like, "You're not going to ask me my favorite song or movie." I'm like, "Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. What? I'm sorry, sir. Yes, sir. Sir, yes, sir. Your favorite rock band. Go." I know. I know. So it's funny. He's very sweet, but there's something about him that scares me a little. I don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. You know what? Remember when you would you said with your dad, he would say to you. I'm not upset, Jason. You just disappointed me. Yeah, I'm not mad. That's I'm just how disappointed. I feel. And I'm not saying that Nick <laughs> reminds me of a, da a dad. Fi well, he's a little bit of a dad figure because of his presence. Sure. He's just like, a, a, he knows a lot. Yeah. You his, can learn from that's him. That's right. And by the way, do it right. Well, he has like cer <laughs> so much certainty too, though, which is obviously, are you, you know, there's a lot of people that have certainty, but when you truly have it and you are so certain with every single thing that you are doing, yeah, that comes off as like, a, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever you <Yeah>. say. <laughs> but I've always, you know, I trained with him when I first got to KPCC. Yeah, and I remember that. really why I asked him to be on our podcast is because when I trained with him that one time, I could just, he is living his dharma, he is living his true passion. Yeah. He cares about the news more, probably more than anyone I know. Like yeah. he really, and and it's not just his personal interest in the news. Right. It's, he is doing a service to you, the listener. Yeah. And that's why he wakes up in the morning so that you know what's going on. Yeah. And that is, it's that's his, pretty cool. It's his care and involvement in it. And he just is like, this is what I do. It's not even like, give it your all, buddy. No, you're just, yeah, yeah th I, th I'm doing this and that's it. And here you go. Yeah. I hope, yeah, you and know. In that calm voice. Yeah. And here you go. And here you Here's go. Here's today's top stories. Yeah, right. <laughs> I do want to hear a tape of him DJing. Oh, my God. Maybe I should ask him. Yeah. If he has any you got, cassettes. You got to ask him, yeah. He can play Have him send us him. some. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, you could probably transfer that. Maybe not easily, but there's probably some programs yeah, right. he has. All right. Well, that was pretty cool. And very I'm cool. very happy that Nick came on the program. That's our Afterpod. 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 Should we have like a theme song for the Afterpod? We do play some music, but uh, we do need a theme song. So it'll be song number two we need to write. That's right. All right. Let's do it. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. Love you. Kisses. Thanks for listening to the Cause I Have To podcast. The best way you can help us is share the show. Tell people about it. Also, subscribe, like, leave us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Instagram at Cause I Have To Podcast and email us, especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show. It's Cause I Have To Podcast at Gmail. And oh, we do love those voice messages. You can leave us one at anchor.fm slash Cause I Have To. Keep living those dreams, friends, because you have to. Till next time.